This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. In this episode, we are going through a new Stockwatch episode. We're going to have eight players to talk about with you guys. Well, actually, we're throwing a bonus in there. We're going to give you nine. Nine players that we've seen in college football that are draft eligible that are moving up the draft boards that you guys definitely need to know about. I'm Trevor Sycamore. With me, as always, is Connor Rogers. Let's ring the bell. Welcome to the opening bell of the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. I'm Trevor Sikama. That is Connor Rogers joining you on a midweek episode where we are getting back to this show's roots. It is a stock watch episode, baby. College football is going on. There's chaos. We're into we're into conference play now. A lot of heated matchups. Connor, it is one hell of a college football slate this weekend, but we're here to talk about some of the guys that have been up and down throughout the season versus our preseason big board. It's going to be a good time. Connor, how you feel, my friend? I'm good, man. It was good to catch up on some prospects early in this week, see where, you know, what some of the risers are doing. Um, some players that maybe we lightly checked in on some are making appearances. Well, new names as we always do. And like you said, Trevor, it's a good time to do this because it feels like after this weekend, everything else behind it is going to feel like a blur. There's going to be new storylines. There's going to be uh, a top quarterback matchup with Michael Penix and Bo Nix. There's just so much ahead of us that it's a good period of time to do a stock watch. I was going to mention that game. Dude, we get oh. Oregon versus Washington this weekend, baby. This could be a titanic game for prospect evaluation. Yeah. I mean, it's not just Bo Nix versus Michael Penix. I mean, you got the corner from Oregon, Kyrie Jackson, who used to be an Alabama corner going up against Romo Dunze, uh, Jalen McMillan, uh, Jalen Polk from Washington. You've got uh, Brandon Dorless, who I really like on the Oregon defensive line going up against your boy, Troy Fatten now on yep. the offensive line for Washington. Like this, is, th- this is a huge prospect matchup we talk about the pac-12 kind of like being at its peak right now right before it's about to go away this is the matchup that is really cool i I cannot wait for this one man it's gonna be it's must watch tv i'll treat this game honestly like i would treat a conference title game almost like it's that big of a deal to me and if you know obviously i cover the draft first and foremost um compared to actual college football and the draft ramifications there's never one game in terms of like the draft ramifications all matter from this one game. But in terms of the eyeballs on this game and the long roads that the two quarterbacks have had to get to this point on the national stage, it's a cool one. Yeah, no, it absolutely is. 
there's a couple other ones that, that matter. And, and we, I actually didn't plan on doing this at the beginning of the show. We won't go too deep no, into this, but Caleb Williams goes up against Notre Dame at Notre Dame. That's huge. Cause it feels like, let's say it's been a cupcake schedule for Caleb Williams so far, but let's get challenged yeah. on the road here. Right. We don't see him in this environment very often. I think is what you're right. angling at. I yes. agree. And he's going up against a really good defensive line. The defensive line is playing really well in Notre Dame. So I think that that's going to be a fun one. Miami at UNC, get a little Tyler Van Dyke versus uh, versus Drake May there. I think that's definitely fun. And then UCLA versus Oregon State. Now, there's a reason why I'm really excited about this one. And I guess we can play that into the beginning of our Stockwatch episode because the first guy that I'm going to bring to the table, Connor, I'm hijacking it. I know I normally give it to you right off the Please. bat, but I got to hijack it here. Talisa Fuaga. The offensive tackle from Oregon State going up against Latu Latu from UCLA. These are two of the best prospects that we have in this draft. Now, the stock watch part of it, we've already talked about Latu plenty. You guys heard me talk about him in the um, the preseason format and the preseason shows. I recently moved Latu up to my number one edge rusher position as a top 10 player. And Fuaga is one of those guys who... I did not watch before the season. I watched his teammate, um, Joshua Gray, right. who was on some NFL draft boards, some early like watch lists. So I was like, oh, okay, I'll watch him. He's their left tackle. And when I was watching him, I was kind of underwhelmed by his tape last year. I'm not going to lie. He's, act he's playing better this year. I will give him that. But as I watched his tape, I kept going, who is the right tackle? Like, who is this dude on the other side of the line of scrimmage? And I looked up his name, but I, had, I I did not recognize the name at all whatsoever. I not really heard anybody talk about it. And so I didn't really put him on our radar. We're just kind of running through a lot of different guys when it comes to summer scouting. But um, you know, when we have, we have our watch list and it's hard to deviate because we're trying to keep a set schedule. I watched him, Connor, and I'm going to let you know right now. He's in my top 25. I immediately put this dude in my top 25, six foot six, 331 pounds. And he is as much of a eraser and mauler in the run game as you are going to find this year. The PFF grades are so good for this dude across the board this season. I mean, been, been insane compared to everyone else. Him, it So if you're listening to this podcast, good chance that you've had at least, you know, one ear, or one eye towards the NFL draft. You've heard about how good Joe Alt has looked this season from Notre Dame. Joe Alt and Talisa Fuaga are neck and neck for number one and number two graded offensive linemen in the entire FBS. So that tells you what kind of category this dude is in. He's got an 86.4 overall grade, 77.0 pass blocking grade, but a 90.1 run blocking grade. This would be the third straight season in which he has had a overall blocking grade above 80. Every single year this guy has played, whether it was in a reserve role when he was early, when he was getting limited time as a freshman or as a full-time starter for the first time last year, of course, this year as well. He has been awesome. He's one of those dudes, Connor, where, first of all, I know I texted you about him. Did you get to watch him? Did you get to I watch did. him? So I did, so I... He was on my summer watch list, not as a priority watch, only because obviously his teammate, you already said Joshua Gray, 
And I noticed the run blocking great over summer where I was like, dang, this guy is, you know, he's really grading out well. Hope he's somebody to keep an eye on as well. And then he didn't make our our tackle show in depth. Um, And then you look at him expanding on what he did last year, this year in our system. I just watched some of the impact blocks that he's made. And uh, this is what we would call somebody that can relocate other humans. Yes. Yes. That's a good, that's a very good way to put it. So to, um, Give people a little bit of a, uh, you know, a behind the scenes look at uh, the the PFF Ultimate tool. We have a lot of different ways that the data in the film are categorized. Like you can put a lot of different filters on there to say like, hey, I only want to watch, you know, third down throws for a quarterback where the distance is more than eight yards or something like that. Or, hey, I just want to watch goal line or short yardage opportunities for running backs, whatever it is. One of the categories that we have that every prospect has this this column is they're called key plays. And essentially, it's any play that is graded as not zero. So zero in PFF system is, yeah, you did your job. Like you did what was expected. It was fine. Like there, you didn't screw up. You didn't make all the difference in the world. Like you just, you did your job on this play individually. But key plays are the really good difference-making plays or the really bad ones. When you grade very highly, you're going to have a lot more key plays that are those major difference-making plays. I went to watch – oh, I cannot remember who they just played this past week. But I went to watch this past week's game of Fuaga. And I start the film watching process. And I'm like six plays into it. And I'm like, am I on the key plays category? What's going because because he completely erased like four four guys in a row on four consecutive plays. And I made sure I double checked and no, I wasn't on the key plays. I was just on the regular plays. And that's what we're talking about here, man. This guy's got people moving strength. And he's got that mentality too. When he throws you to the ground, he does the thing that offensive linemen love to do where they just, they will finish you to the ground. Where yep. it is, I will throw you to the ground, but then I'm making sure you don't get up. And if the running back happens to be behind me, you're not going to have any chance to get up and tackle this dude. So he's got a finisher's mentality. And then in the past game, I feel like, okay, he's a little heavy because he's six foot six, 330 pounds. But I thought the handwork was great already. The feet were still nimble for a guy his size. You, there were times where his hands, like he's baiting rushers that are coming at him to get them to flash their hands first almost like a you know like a ghost move that a pass rusher would do except right. he's doing that on the offensive tackle side of things and it's that stuff that he's showing is just a true junior along with those physical gifts that tell me this guy can hold up in the nfl i th- i think from what we have already seen so far this season he has starting nfl tackle potential and i like i said i i love this tape i've got him in my top 25 right now he has a major test against Latu Latu from UCLA, and I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, those two face off this weekend. I love it. He, like I said, I got to see some of the run blocking film. He is somebody that you can run behind. He can completely erase people in front of him. Seeing him, what we expect to see, plenty of reps, on an island against one of the best pass rushers in the country, maybe the most polished pure oh, pass rusher in the country i yeah, think i think so too yeah like I, I i like the upside from an athletic standpoint of verse and chop more but i think if you had to drop one person on an nfl field right now and say beat the nfl tackle like layatu latu has the deepest arsenal yeah so 
the deepest yeah. bag the deepest yeah, pass yeah, yeah. Bag. there you go absolutely so that that's a great one to call out and i'm you mean you were texting a little about this guy um you know over the last couple of days and it's yeah he he pops he absolutely pops and you know for a lot of teams needing right tackle what he can do for your run game is just it's a total difference maker and somebody else that's making a giant difference in their run game is usc's marshawn lloyd who hell argu yeah. arguably is having the best season for a college running back in the country right now arguably there's been plenty of good ones but when you look at marshawn lloyd who transferred from south carolina to usc i mean he has just completely um changed their rushing attack and completely changed his game as well and i'm sure there's more space for him running in this usc offense but as much as that's the obvious trevor against arizona last week he forced 10 missed tackles He's already forced 31 missed tackles on the year. And you turn on the tape with this dude, the jump cut is extremely explosive. He has one highlight that I posted on Twitter was that LT style jump cut, right? Where it just totally leaves the defender grasping for air. Um, he looks really explosive when he has to run outside, but I also like the vision and patience to stay inside at times as well. And, I think he has pretty good contact balance as well. He looks for a guy that's five nine two ten. It feels like his pound for pound strength is extremely effective. Where I do see tacklers kind of bounce off of him, especially when they hesitate because of how elusive he could be as well. So when you look at Lloyd, I think he has a little bit of ways to go as a receiving back, staying on the field as a pass protector and and overall affecting the game as a receiving back. Although he's made some some impressive plays there as well. I just want to see the consistency with it. But Trevor, as a pure runner, I've been blown away with what this guy can do um, because it's, you know, didn't watch a ton of him at South Carolina. I know he got a lot of work last year for that team, but he just looks like he feels like he is a totally different player in this USC offense. He has been one of the top risers from the running back group from uh, those players that we watched over the summer. There's 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 no doubt about that. He has been. He's been electric and you know, USC's offense is, I don't want to say like it's gimmicky. Like it, it does. I feel like it does by nature, create a lot of space for you yes. because it's so stressful for how they will stretch the field and how they will stretch defenses out. But Marshawn Lloyd is creating on his own. So I don't want people to just be like, yeah, he's a back in USC system. Like it's not going to translate. He's still making guys miss and he's still got that athletic ability. So it, it, this dude was a former four-star recruit. Ended up going to South Carolina. They were really excited about him. And he tore his ACL and missed his entire first season with South Carolina because of that injury. Then, of course, you know how it is when you're covering recovering from an ACL injury. All right, well, then 2021 was kind of just a, I'm trying to get trust back in that knee. Last year was certainly his best year. And then he transfers over to USC from South Carolina and, uh, and we're seeing the best version of Marshawn Lloyd right now. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I I absolutely love the shout out. I think that's a good one. I got two more running backs that that I'd love to throw out at you that have really been standing out in college football to me. The first one is Jonathan Brooks from Texas. I did not watch Jonathan Brooks going into the year. Neither did I. I've only seen him on the broadcast. He was just a redshirt sophomore going into this year. He's a redshirt sophomore right now. So I'm like, all right, well. 
you know, it, it, we didn't know a lot about this player. There's no telling if he's going to break out. And even it's just a redshirt sophomore with as good of a year as he is having, there's no guarantee that he is going to declare for the draft, but six foot tall, 205 pounds, 73rd percentile in height, 26th percentile in weight. I did some background digging on him. Cause I like to fill out the little background section of the scouting report when I'm getting guys for the first time. So he was a former four-star running back from the state of Texas how about this rushed for rushed for 3,500 yards, which is seventh most all time in Texas history and 62 touchdowns. That is that's insanity. 62 touchdowns in a call in a high school career. Like I know I got bored of scoring. He probably ran out of celebrations after 28. (laughs) He just hands the ball to the ref and goes, "All right, I'm he's ready to a little, go." He's dinner. a little younger. He's probably got those the the Fortnite animations, you know, the, down every every emote so. or whatever it is, right? Yeah. yeah. So, how about this though? In one game, he rushed for 27. He he had 27 rushing attempts, 501 rushing yards, which was 18.6 yards per carry, and nine touchdowns in a playoff game. 500 yards, nine touchdowns on 27 carries in a playoff game. That's absurd. (laughs) It's just truly absurd. I had to say it on the show. No, but he's playing. He is playing great here for Texas. I I think they're leaning on him very well. You know, I I personally wondered what Texas run game was going to look like. Not that it's a uh, poverty program in any shape or form. I mean, they get good, good recruits, but you're not only losing Bijan Robinson, you're losing Roshan Johnson as well, which was somebody who people touted as, Hey, you know, if Roshan wasn't at Texas, he'd be an RB one. So many other places in the country. Right. And when you lose both of those guys, that's kind of tough. So Brooks takes over now as the red shirt sophomore. And um, he's just playing very, very well. He's playing well with his offensive line and independent of his offensive line. He's got a 0.35 force missed tackles per attempt average. Um, I just think that he has a really nice combination of all around athletic ability and the vision in confidence are getting even better. Those early games that he was playing so far this season, you could tell it was basically like, all right, I'm following my offensive line here yeah. no matter what. And there's a little bit of that still, but man, recently you could tell he's getting a little bit more confident on, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to cut back here. Here's a zone flow. And I'm, 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 I got enough confidence to cut back. Cause I think this is where the space is going to be. Or you see him be a little bit more nimble on his feet with that really good size. So I'm seeing these flashes of him to be a fantastic all around back uh, as we are moving forward. So a young player, but somebody who uh, I wanted to shout out on this show who's having a really good year. No, I love it. I I love what you brought up of how he's looked different as he's gotten more touches because I see the confidence that you're seeing on the broadcast is that, you know, he's interesting. I I didn't know that about his high school background, Trevor, and I'm glad you brought it up. But you look at him, I mean, combining 2021 and 2022, he's had 51 carries. So he's been, you know, whatever you want to call it, sitting in rice or, you know, he's he's cold. Like right. he's coming into the year as a starter ice cold after being somebody that never didn't have the ball in high school. And then it's two years of not really ever getting the ball. And I think that's really important to keep an eye on how that confidence grows throughout the season as the guy after really having two years off. And I see what you see as somebody that 
is more confident going out of scheme when he needs to or trying to get a little bit more meat off the bone at times as well. And it's easy to see when somebody has their confidence in the legs under them, they look more explosive and he's looked more explosive. So I really like that one as well. Um, did you want to do your second running back or do you want yeah. to ping pong back to me? No, I'll, yeah, I'd I'll, like uh... to keep the running backs all together because these are these are guys that like we didn't talk about over summer and they just look awesome. Ray Davis from Kentucky. So I haven't seen a lot of him. Dude, I unfortunately saw way too much of him because he ran for 280 yards against my Florida Gators and it was tough watch for me. But obviously, you know, Ray is having a hell of a year and Ray's been on quite the journey. So he's, he is a red shirt senior now with Kentucky. He's five foot 10, 215 pounds. So he's a little bit bigger of a back three-star running back recruit out of New Jersey. But man, I mean, his story starts before he was a high school player in, in, in New Jersey coming from New Jersey. Um, he, so he was born in San Francisco. He has 14 different st- siblings spent time in foster care and even homeless shelters as a child due to both of his parents being incarcerated throughout his childhood. And so this guy has, he's got an incredible story that I I encourage everybody to, to go look up and to read because people have done much better and deeper journalism on the true appreciation of, of where Ray Davis has come in life to even get to this point. And just kind of as a spark notes version of it, with so much chaos and uncertainty going on in his life growing up, he really just went to sports as those like moments to look forward to in the week and throughout the day and everything. And really he just, there was a point in one of the stories I was reading that um, he just wanted to essentially get to high school, just to play high school sports. And like, then that was going to be it. But like, that was his goal. Like his goal wasn't, college football it wasn't the nfl like he literally just wanted to get into a high school so that he could keep playing sports and they just could keep playing football and um obviously like he he ends up becoming a three-star recruit in football he starts his career at temple plays for temple uh plays there for two years ends up going to vanderbilt transferring to vanderbilt he played for vanderbilt the last two seasons and now he is with kentucky and man this dude is fun to watch i mean as if the 280 yards against one opponent wouldn't tell you that already i mean he's averaging more than 0.3 missed tackles force per attempt he's got over 64 yards after contact this guy's contact balance is fantastic not only do i think he's got good vision to make sure he can avoid that contact which he did plenty of times against florida when he does get when he does go up against different tacklers He's got a really nice center of gravity, really good core strength, and his balance is fantastic. That's a trait that I love for running back. More than 64% of his yards right now have come after contact. And then when you look at the previous seasons, let's face it, playing at Temple, all due respect, Temple and Vanderbilt, not the best offensive lines in the world, more than 70% of his yards every single year up to this year have come after contact. So this is a dude that what I'm trying to say is yep. Arthur Smith's going to draft in round three somewhere. Or might he or, will vulture or, touchdowns from BJ or, or somebody is drafting this dude who's going to absolutely pound the rock. But it's more than just that. He's got a really nice yards per route run average. He had 38 targets last year in the receiving game. Uh, I think he's already got 16 this year and he's doubled his yards per route run this year and how Kentucky is using him and leaning on him. So we're getting the best version of this dude as a redshirt senior. And I know some people look at 
running backs who are upperclassmen and they shy away. They're like, no, 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 I'm not really interested. If you're not, you know, 21 as a running back, I'm not really interested in you. Davis has the type of story, running style, production, everything of a back that I don't think he's threatening the first round or anything, but anywhere from the mid rounds, I think this guy could have his name called and could be a really nice part of an NFL committee. That's a fun one. I always like the guys that not only come from adversity like that, which is really sad, but really impressive, but also it's taken them a while to get that recognition, right? We live in a world where, especially with the coverage nowadays, we see a five-star recruit, he commits somewhere, and then by his sophomore year, he could be a national name. And then before that junior year, you're already declaring him a top 10 pick in the draft and that college career is already over and, and good for the players that can do that. But how about the guys that are redshirt seniors and, and have to kind of, you know, fight it out to even be drafted or break into a camp and find that NFL career. And that is clearly uh, a player like that. Yeah, right and I think that Ray Davis is absolutely one of those players. Hey, we'll get to your next one, but this time of year, everybody knows it's about setting up that routine, that checklist, whether it's the back to school, you're getting the work grind ready, whether it's you know handling things for your family, whatever it is, you're setting up your checklist of what you want to get done. And the most important thing on that checklist should always be securing your family's financial future starting with life insurance. Fabric by Gerber Life makes it quick and easy and affordable to protect your family so you can get back to enjoying life. It was designed by parents for parents to help you get high-quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance in less than 10 minutes. Fabric's got flexible policies that fit your family family and your budget with quality policies like million-dollar coverage for less than a dollar a day. You can get your personalized quote in just minutes and then apply when it's convenient for you all online and in your schedule. You can go from start to covered in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash stock exchange. That's M-E-E-T fabric.com slash stock exchange. Policies issued by Western and Southern Life Assurance Company. Uh, not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions. All right, Connor, who you got next? How about Steve Linton, the pass rusher from Texas Tech that transferred from Syracuse? And this is somebody that we we probably briefly mentioned over the summer. It's not like some shocking name out of nowhere, but he definitely fits the mold of, you know, he's had a long road to get here. Mm-hmm. He, in four years at Syracuse, Trevor had five sacks. Last week against Baylor, he had three. He so, had three against Baylor? I haven't checked had, in on him, so that's that's incredible. I've kind of been waiting for this week because tracking Linton's progress throughout the year, he is winning notably as a stand-up rusher Mm -hmm. at an effective rate. His total pass rush win rate this year is 18.2%. But weeks, his first one, two, three, four, five games, he didn't have a sack. He was just generating pressure and that's still effective. It's still you know, gets the job done, but you want to finish those plays. Mm -hmm. And then against Baylor, those pressures, it all just kind of clicked together and he was just getting there a hair quicker and he has the three sacks. And here's the thing with Lynn, right? Like you watch his full tape. He's not going to be this every down kind of player. I don't think he's a particularly effective run defender. He is a stand-up situational pass rusher that Mm -hmm. has some tools at six foot five, 235. But what I like this year, Trevor, in the role that Tech kind of has him playing, it kind of feels like maybe this is part of him transferring there. They're like, we know what you are. We think you have some tools and you can stand up on the edge, 
from some wide alignments and really rush on an island. And we're going to let you do that. And he's trying things. He's trying a spin move. We've seen the arm over. We've seen the long arm. They've got him going on stunts because of the type of athlete he is. And it's okay to see a prospect that has limitations. You're not drafting him saying one day he's going to play 75% of the snaps in our defense. But maybe you take him on day three of the draft and you go on third and long. Like if you're a team that plays with the lead a lot, we got a dude that can come in our NASCAR package and kind of make things happen. And he's got a different array of moves and he's got an experience as this stand-up athlete rusher. So Linton's an interesting guy to track because even when you look at him before he transferred to Tech from Syracuse, you go, man, there are some tools there as an effective pass rusher, but we just haven't seen it really turn into down-by-down production. And it was good for him last week having those three sacks because the underlying numbers were there of beating Mm -hmm. the defenders in front of him, but now he gets it in the traditional box score. Yeah, no, it's it's good to see. I Just as you were talking, I was kind of going over my notes of him from the summer and it was a lot of what you were saying uh it was a lot of hey this player is probably a specialized guy at the nfl level he's not going to be called on as a run defender just because you know if you're a, if you're a, even a stand-up outside linebacker you're sitting around 230 235 whatever he's weighing now that's still really light for the nfl and, and just as a run defender it's going to be hard to kind of hold your own but on those special packages i do agree i think that there is there's, there's absolutely a space for that as you are building out your roster. And it may, might not be something that gets drafted above the third round, but when you are rounding out your team, you want guys like that that you can be able to throw at the line of scrimmage. So um, I definitely like that one. Did you did you did you watch him for summer? I can't remember. Did you have Yeah, a little bit because I remember. Um, Do you like him a little more now? Is Do you think he's playing a little bit better now? I do. I think okay. that, well, I think he's getting an opportunity. That's really what it is to me. Okay. Not that I'm not saying Syracuse misused him or anything, but it just feels like for Tech, Tech has a total understanding by year five of what he is, and they're maximizing that. So it's fair. I I don't think I don't see him as somebody like challenging to be a top edge rusher in this class, but a a depth guy with tools that is also expanding his moves package. He is somebody I will follow to the very end, and I'm I think we'll see him at the senior bowl, which is always one of my favorite parts of the draft process. More for entertainment is those one on ones where we're down on the field. Yes. Uh, you know. And it's, it's where we got to see Darnell Wright last year right. and Will McDonald. Jawan Jones, I mean, Will Donald. Will it was Donald pretty Wright, it's right. pretty freaking cool part of the process. And Steve Linton, I think, will have his moments there. When you do have those specialized guys, when you get into those one one on one situations, sometimes Sometimes you can uh, you can make for some pretty good social media clips when that's the case. Yes, so yes. Steve Linton might be one of those guys. Get your retweets uh, from Steve Linton. Yeah, I listen. I will look. I'll I'll Venmo him whatever Twitter sends me that month if he uh, contributes to the engagement. I really will. I forgot um, you're a verified. I am. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Through, yeah. P- through PFF, by the way. I don't. I'm, I I don't pay for it myself. But um, look, hey, collect know, those checks. We're out here collecting those checks. Look. Those eighteen dollar checks, I mean, they hit From hard. Memes, baby. yeah. I, I, the second I get them, I head to Chipotle and I go, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> double meat. We're going, meat. We're, going du- we're going, we're ordering the Carloftis today, baby. Twitter's paying for this bad boy. You bring your, you bring your forklift with you, and you order the Carloftis and bring it home, and you got rice for four months. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. So I'll stick along the uh, the edge rush train here. And I want to shout out, man, we highlighted 
Latu at the top of the show, an edge rusher that I absolutely love. Well, his teammate Gabriel Murphy is also having another really nice year because he had a nice year last year as well. Former North Texas transfer, six foot three, round 255, 260. But I just, when I watch UCLA, especially their defensive line, I don't know who their defensive line coach is, but he needs a raise. The way that Latu and Murphy, I would say, subtly yet precisely disengage the hands of the offensive tackles in front of them. It's like they're so rarely locked up. The hands are always moving. They're swiping these things away. And Murphy, all that to say, Murphy is that kind of a player right now. His passers win percentage over the last two years since he transferred from North Texas to UCLA. He was 18.6 last year. He had 248 pass rush snaps. And through 87 pass rush snaps this year, he's upped it even a little bit more into the 20s. Now he's got a 20.7 pass rush win percentage um, and a 24.1 pressure percentage, which is also up from what it was last year. So, man, I, I just don't think this guy's getting enough love. And it's not like they play him in specific situations where it's very obvious where his strengths are able to win. But I'm watching the game against Washington state last week and they got Murphy lined up at four. eye in a tight formation. Like they got him standing up over the nose. So he'll play three, four outside linebacker for UCLA, but they get very creative with where they play their, their guys. And I'm, I'm very shocked that they play Murphy between the tackles as much as they do because he looks and feels like a player who you would just want to have attack the outside shoulder of offensive tackles. And it's very clear that they trust him more than that. So he's not afraid to play inside. You can kick him outside, which I think is going to be his normal home as a three, four outside linebacker, but I don't think he's getting enough love, man. I think he's – I really do feel like he is a mid-round pick type of a player who um, maybe not as specialized as the billing is on him right now. I think he's more of an all-around defensive lineman than that. So I'm just very impressed with his production once again this year. And he's been a player for that program you know, for a couple of years now where – when you look at that side of it too, I mean, it's, it's not like this is just, it, it has come out of nowhere in terms of what he looks like now. Um, but it, yeah, he's another one that, you know, you could also kind of be overshadowed by your, your teammate in that situation. And right. Those are always interesting to me when you have a superstar on one front, but then it's like, Hey, don't overlook this dude that can also play. He's not just cleaning up, getting cleanup production from that other player too. Yeah. So I like yeah. that. I like that shout out from you and somebody that I will definitely keep an eye on this year. Yeah. My last one or second to last one mm-hmm. here um, is definitely the most high profile name. I think. Oh, save my best for last. Look at you. Second to last. Sorry. Yeah. Second to last. Oh yeah. You got two more after this. Okay. Yeah. Ohio state corner Denzel Burke. Nice. Who, you know, had his big moment with that hit that I, I saw you, you repost as well. I mean, yeah. that was a bone crushing hit not soul crushing this is time for bone crushing right very reminiscent of denzel ward's hit very which is so, kind of funny something if, if you play corner for ohio state and your name's denzel you are going to get an absolute bone crushing hit on a wide receiver at some point 
in your Buckeyes career? Burke's really becoming one of the more interesting defensive backs in this class to me rapidly, right? Because you look at him going all the way back to his background, his recruiting profile. He was a four-star recruit. He was top 10 in his position group in that class, which was athlete, right? Nobody really knew exactly where he would land in the college level because in high school, he played receiver and defensive back. Mm -hmm. And he was really effective, honestly, as an offensive player as well. The problem is he basically misses his senior season due to injury. Plays one game of senior season, misses the rest of his year, and was still a four-star recruit. So this is a big-time player. You look at the length, six foot one. He's very, very athletic. He's got good size for the position. Ohio State brings him in, and they're like, okay, you're going to be a corner. And he's somebody that played right away for them and looked really, really good as a freshman, right? And then you look at 2022, some inconsistencies. But it feels like this year for Denzel Burke, it's all starting to sink in about him being a cornerback, right? He's got the length. He's got the speed. He can turn and run. He can close down and make hits underneath as well. I think he's got some ball skills. I mean, when you just look at the film and track some of the numbers here, he's only allowed 11 catches on 26 catchable targets. And he's forced eight incompletions. So this is somebody that is extremely disruptive at the catch point right now. Once again, I love the size. I We talk about the top corners in this draft all the time, whether it's Kalen King, Kool-Aid, McKinstry, Cooper, DeGene. But I'm starting to see the back end around one with TJ Tampa and Denzel Burke. And that could also be top 40, top 50. Mm-hmm. But there are corners on the back end that are really good athletes that are finding the football this year that have unique backgrounds, Burke being that athlete as a recruit, Tampa having a basketball background, that it feels like it's starting to click for them this year. And I would bet on the athletes with size at the position that are starting to find the football. Burke's going to be a really, really big riser this year. And at the rate he's going, he could genuinely play himself into the first round. Burke was talked about as a potential first-round pick going into this season. And I remember you and I watching his film um this summer and correct me if i'm wrong but when when i was ranking him i certainly remember saying on the pod like i don't see that from his he had had a bad 2022 it was a fall off from 21 and i don't really know why was he hurt i I mean maybe college is weird because like you could if you know somebody at the school obviously we don't release this kind of info you can get better stories but publicly you don't really i mean Look at Travion Henderson last year. It's like, oh, cool. He was playing with a broken foot at running back. Yeah, sure. Right. Like this is kind of the problem with college injuries. It kind of falls into the bucket that hockey injuries do where it could be like, hey, he's got a lower body. Thanks. Did he stub his toe or did he tear his ACL? Yeah. Or did his leg get blown off by a grenade? You know, like which which one is. (laughs) Dude, it's nuts. You'll never know until the playoffs are over. You'll just you'll never know. But more often than not, when a guy has that kind of drop off of a year, it's there's something you don't know. Yeah, I just uh, wonder if he if he was not healthy because he looked way more confident as a freshman, which maybe it was one of those things where I guess I'll call it blind confidence. Like, hey, I'm at Ohio State now. I'm balling out. I'm, I'm playing corner. They moved me to corner. This is my position. And maybe he just didn't get challenged a ton that freshman year. So he was just riding high the whole year. And then that sophomore year, okay, he's a full-time starter now. Now they're starting to throw the ball at him. He's starting to lose some of those one-on-ones and maybe the confidence dipped. But 
I did notice, because again, I went back in my summer scouting notes as you were talking about him. I noted that the, I would say the last quarter of the season in 2022, Burke looked better. So I, I, ju- I wonder if he was healthy. I wonder if he was hurt in the early parts of the year and then he was healthy at the back end part of the year because this year, again, we are seeing a much more confident player. And I don't know if he's going to be a first rounder. I got to really go back and do a deep dive on him. I've seen a little bit of it. I've watched a game of him, but I want to be able to watch more than that. Um, but he's certainly, he's, he is he is one of the risers that I've had on the PFF big board this year because of how well even he's been playing from, from the little bit that I've been able to watch. Um, Hey, this episode, this podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Connor and I have two prize pick entries for you that we're going to pitch and talk about here so that you guys can understand what Prize Picks is all about, what we're kind of shouting out here, and why it would actually behoove y'all to get in on the action. Connor said he had a little bit, he had, he had some, you know, moderate and humble success at prize picks Mo- yeah year. moderate is a good way to put it no the man's uh, rich the man's asked me in three months if rich. any of the money's still there that's why he so. moved locations folks is because now he's in a ranch style mansion <laughs> next to central park because of the success that he's had on no 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 it's but true. Price, price picks is a very fun way to kind of uh to get skin in the game and 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 have some fun with nfl games so connor give me two price pick entries that you're okay. looking at this week. Let's just focus on Thursday Night Football. In, in the weeks that follow, we'll open it up a little bit. We'll talk about the Sunday games, but let's just focus on Thursday Night Football. What are two entries that you like? I like the slogan that you just reinvented for prize picks. Prize picks, it could change your life. Yeah, I think it's, <laughs> it's really good. Uh, okay, so two entries I'm looking at. You and I have decided we're going to focus on Thursday this week. You know, in mm-hmm. the future, we'll open it up to um, a lot of different games here. I'm going to look at the two of the running backs in this game and with Jarek McKinnon, his receiving yards entry is set at 13 and a half. I'm going to take more than that. Okay. Rather right, than so more. I, I think McKinnon, this is what the chiefs do. They kind of, you know, preserve McKinnon. They don't need to use him a lot. I could see him getting that off of one catch though, in this game. And then on the other side with Javante Williams to the Broncos, I'm going to go less on his rushing yards that are at 35 and a half. I think Javante is clearly trying to work his way back from injury. I think the Chiefs are going to really force the Broncos to throw in this game. I It's not like Jaleel McLaughlin where it's like, oh man, that one sweep he had, he went for you know 40 yards. And nothing against Javante, who's still working his way back into being his top form. I just like the less on his rushing yards, Trevor. Okay. All right. That's not good for my fantasy team, but maybe it'll be, maybe it'll be good for, uh, for your wallet there. So I will talk about for my two, the most intriguing ones. I'll go opposite ends in the spectrum for the potential trade target receivers that the Broncos have going up against the chiefs here for Cortland Sutton. His receptions are three and a half. I'm going less. Did, I like that. I would go I, with that as I well. I mean, he, his targets are trending in the wrong direction over the last couple of weeks. I didn't love the body language even that I saw from him. It, it, it feels Jeff's like it was bad. Yeah, it, was bad. it, it just it, it doesn't feel like he's got that fire lit underneath him. Um, And I think I think Jerry Judy will. All right. Jerry Judy, oh. the receiving yards, 52 and a half. He's been close to it the last couple of weeks. He had 50 receiving yards and then 52. So this is a good line. But 
I'm going more. I'm going more than 52 and a half receiving yards for Judy. He's going to see the opportunity to get dealt to a better situation, and he's going to ride high. He's going to make it happen. He's going to, he's basically going to put his resume out there and ask for the Dolphins to please trade for him. That's what he's doing. And that's a good one. I'm with you on, I think you're on thinking the right thing there because when you look at the Chiefs as good of a defense that they have, uh, they've been vulnerable in the slot before and i feel like judy does get some time in the slot he gets a lot of time in the slot this year right he's playing in the slot 70 percent of the time which he should he should he should that's his skill set yeah so i mean compared looking. to last year he was in the slot only 54 percent of the time so those big jump numbers. up we gotta we gotta we gotta get those numbers up yeah we gotta pump, pump up those numbers <laughs> So anybody that has not caught on yet, a prize picks, it's a skill-based, real money, daily fantasy sports game. That's what it is. How does it work? Well, you pick two to six players, and if they will go more or less than their prize pick projections, well, that's where you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. Uh, at prize picks, you aren't competing against other people. It's just you versus the prize pick projections. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less, it is that easy. They're even offering frequent discounts, bonuses, and other exciting offers. Go to pricepicks.com backslash NFLSE. Use the promo code NFLSE for a first deposit match up to $100. So we're going to be talking Damn. about these things. I know. I know. So we're going to be talking about these prize pick selections or entries throughout the season. So Y'all go get that $100 match. Use the promo code NFLSC, prizepicks.com, backslash NFLSC. Use the promo code NFLSC. Get the deposit match up to $100. All right, I can't remember. No. Well, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I'm pretty sure Prize Picks does, they do, 40-yard dash times before the combine. <laughs> so if uh, if that promo code's still working, then we'll have we'll have a field day. You and I can sit here and do three shows on forty times. The combine, like the, the, the combine goes. pick episode is actually yes. going to have some cheddar cheese on it, right? Thanks to our friends over at Prize Picks. Yeah, uh, who's your last guy? We'll go your last guy. Okay, so I always like to do on these. I like to throw in a name that I, there's probably like four people in the country talking about and three of them are definitely fans of the, the school and then just i try i try and then, and then you to, and then i try for it to be me and so then... <laughs> how about michigan tight end aj barner okay he, okay obviously not somebody that is a big focal point of their receiving game he is six foot six he's 250 pounds he transferred from indiana where he did catch three touchdowns last year and it was a team captain Michigan obviously runs the absolute hell out of the football and they got a good offensive line. Zach Zinner has been a really good run blocker this year. Again, no surprise. This dude, AJ Barner though, is a key cog in their run game. He really, really is. I got to watch his run blocking tape just because once again, this is another guy that pops on ultimate. When you look at you wrote, you explained it really well before Trevor of, of zero graded plays. Like you did your job. It didn't overly impact the play for negative or positive reasons. Mm -hmm. Barner just in the run game. And he's had 124 run blocking snaps. He's had what ultimate would define as impact blocks. I believe 30 plus times or something like that. 30, I mean, these are 30%. Is it 30% or 30? Just I, whatever. I, I think 31 of those snaps. So you're looking probably closer to 25 ish percent, which is still I mean, still that's 25 is really good. 
it's really, really good. And I'll pull up the exact number before I close the book on him here. But he he's had 17 pass blocking snaps, hasn't surrendered to pressure. And then exactly 25% of his run blocking snaps out of 124, he's had a positive impact block. And I mean, he's really strong. He plays a really good leverage considering his height. He moves well. He's a good athlete for his size. He's a tough guy in the trenches. He finishes blocks. He keeps his feet moving through blocks. He climbs the linebackers. But I'll tell you this. They put him on the line of scrimmage, and he'll just go helmet to helmet against true defensive line players as well. It's not just, hey, I got the 225-pound linebacker I'm climbing to. So, Barner, the reality is these are the guys that do not get discussed at all during the draft process because it's just – you know, but there are guys that hang around the league for 10 years as a tight end two or three because they can block and they're big enough to have an impact in the red zone if need be on wide open routes. So mm-hmm. Barner deserves some love. Uh, that transfer from Indiana is working out really well for him and really well for Michigan coming over as a team captain. Obviously, a really good sign for his draft pedigree as well. And he's somebody that will find a way into this tight end class as a true wide tight end. Love it. I love the shout out. Love it. Now it's more than four people. Now, now you won't hear his name until pick 234 uh, in April. AJ uh, Barry, you are pick 234. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to the Houston Texans. Oh, Houston Texans. I actually like that. All right. Last guy that I'm going to bring to the table. Um, I don't think I've talked about him here on the show before. Jalen Simpson, the defensive back from Auburn. I don't think that we've talked about him yet. We and- haven't. He's, I mean, he's he's going off. There's no other there's no other way to say it. Four interceptions, big time interceptions, massive playmaker. Because of that, he has earned an elite 91.3 coverage grade this season. He is Auburn safety, six foot one. Actually, let me make sure I get the measurements right here because I think they're a little different than what Auburn has. Six feet tall. So he's six feet tall, 180 pounds. Now, unfortunately, for a safety, which he's playing now. Six feet tall is the 34th percentile. 180 pounds for a safety is the first percentile. There are not many safeties who are that light. And the reason why he is that light is because he is a former cornerback. He basically, in his entire career before this point, played corner for Auburn, and it was mainly as an outside corner. He played not much his true freshman season in 2019. I think he redshirted that year. 2020, he played 189 snaps at wide corner. The next closest was 14 snaps as a like box defender. Then he played 511 snaps on the outside in 2021. Next closest was 15 as a slot corner, so not, not even close. Last year, he played 235 as a wide corner. A little bit more action in the slot and in the box, but then this past year, most of his snaps have come as a box safety or a free safety. Now, a lot of his work, again, has been highlighted by the four interceptions that he has in coverage, which have been highly impactful plays. He's also only given up 32 yards in coverage. The issue with Simpson and kind of the reason why I wanted to bring him up on this show, because a lot of people are like, hey, is this dude a top safety in the draft or what? I don't think so, because the run defense grades and the pass rush grades are low because just the body size is so low. Mm. This is somebody who I think 
they moved him to safety because, and I watched a little bit of his tape last year to see why they might have made the move. He is a good athlete, but he's not very comfortable playing with his back to the ball. And Auburn is a pretty aggressive scheme of you are on the outside. We're either playing you in man coverage or you're like an off cover three. And I think he was a lot better in off cover three because when they tried to play him in press coverage at the line of scrimmage, he just did not look nearly as comfortable in trail technique and when playing with his back to the ball. So it's tough to continue to throw corners on the outside when they don't feel that comfortable knowing that if you play a lot of man coverage, that's just what you're going to have to be in. You've got to be comfortable in trail technique. You've got to be good at reading the eyes and the body language or the receiver to know when the ball is kind of coming your way without even looking at it. You can't have that panic. And it just felt like Jalen just didn't have that confidence playing with his back to the ball. So they move him to safety. And because he is able to keep his eyes downhill and where the ball is with the quarterback, He's been able to bait them a lot more, go and throw his body in, in front of these passes for interceptions. And it's been really it's been working out really well in coverage, as you would hope would be the case for a former corner who is now playing more as a safety. But there are deficiencies in the run game and in the strength portion of the game. And when those interceptions stop showing up basically every week like they have so far this season – what kind of a safety prospect is Jalen Simpson? And we'll exactly, see, you know, if you are an, if you are just straight up an interception machine, like we talk about Kalen Bullock like that, right. From USC where his run defense scores and his tackling, not good, but his range is so nuts and his ball skills are so crazy. And he's got so many damn interceptions over the last two years that you almost go, okay, I guess we're just going to have to live with it. So it's, it's, it's essentially is Jalen Simpson going to be, what Kalen Bullock is or is the, it really going to cool on him? I think that's what the second half of the season is going to be for him. That's always the tough part, right? Is the feast or famine nature at a position that you can't deal with some of the famine at times. Right. I think we have this yeah, conversation that's a, really a good lot, point. right? It's like there's positions that you can have high variance and I'm trying to think of a good example of a position. Honestly, pass rusher. Like, there's guys I would throw on the field and be like, man, honestly, this dude is not going to set a great edge all the time, mm -hmm. but he is so effective at getting after the quarterback that we can live with that. But offensive line and safety, when you talk about variance, like, when your bad is really, really bad, the play is over. The play yeah. is over because of you. Right. So, right. it's... It's a weird it's balance. A um, not to just not, you know, knock the dude like that. I don't mean it like that, but it's how I look at scouting positions and from previous misses or what you learn and things like that. Yeah. No, I, I would agree. And I'm not I'm not totally trying to like kill the scouting report either. It was just a no, when we do these stock watch episodes, yeah, it's it's more of a we're bringing this guy to the table. Here's what we kind of need to see from him as the as the year goes on and again, if Simpson continues to be this this interception machine and he's just reading quarterbacks minds as a back-end player that's extremely valuable that that is something that okay maybe he's a little high variance but like Kalen Bullock you're still probably a top 50 player because of how you can impact the game with turnovers and every coach in the world tells you that that's a matters most so um I think that that's a that's kind of where the conversation starts when it comes to uh what Jalen Simpson has been this season um, we're brought to you today by our friends over at Manscaped 
who have taken a step up from Balloween to bring your face the cleanest shave it's ever seen. So this season, no need to get into trouble and toil. Manscaped's all-new Handyman is the best way to get rid of that stubble. Featuring a compact design and next-gen skin-safe technology, the Handyman was designed to give you that smooth finish without the mess of a traditional shave. Get the sweetest treat this Halloween by going to manscaped.com, using the promo code PFF for 20% off plus free shipping. Manscaped's product, it really is, man. It, it, it will, it'll change your life. It'll, it'll make it so shaving. If you hate shaving right now, it'll make it so that will not be the case moving forward. There's no, there's no tugs. There's no tears. It's always an even, it's e- an even clean shave. It's always, it always feels good. It's never too rough on you. So um, it may be spooky season, but you don't want to scare people with a scraggly beard this year. Give them something to look at with Manscaped's handyman. Uh, if you're tired of uh, bad razor marks on your neck, Looking like a scary movie? Well, the Handyman Skin Safe technology will help reduce the nicks and cuts um, to make sure that you are feeling confident when you go for that close shave. For wet or dry use, feel free to bring this anywhere and everywhere. The compact design and airplane friendliness make it the perfect travel bag for on the go as well. Um, so that is a massive plus if you are trying to travel and make sure that like, oh, you know, I know I'm going to have to shave right in the middle of the trip. Manscaped's got you with a really great product. Get 20% off of free shipping with the promo code PFF at manscaped.com. That is 20% off with free shipping over at manscaped.com. Use the promo code PFF for a look as sweet as candy this year. Halloween theme. I like it. Get yourself the handyman from our friends over at Manscaped. Kind of tame Manscaped that. You know, it's to the point though. It's topical. Balloween wasn't enough for you. But yeah, you know. You're right. By their standards. (laughs) No, that is completely justified. By their standards, I'm not going to make any jokes. I'm, I'm they a change are, man. Right, right. That, that's that, that's true. No, no, no. The product is the product is great, and I always look forward to reading those ads because it's creative one way or the other. That's why Manscaped's a great. It, ca- company it catches your in. attention. Like imagine listening to a podcast, and the first thing you hear oh, is about Halloween. Like you're like, I got to know what's next. That's true. That's true, and that's why so, people listen. Well done. To the whole ad. Um, yeah, so that is the Stockwatch episode. Let us know what you have seen in college football over the last couple of weeks. We would love to hear their prospects that are going up and down. I'm updating the PFF draft board to 200 players after this weekend. So if you are a mock draft simulator user, you will soon have the ability to look at a list of 200 ranked players for the 2024 NFL draft, which will also unlock a fifth round in the mock draft simulator. So if you are a PFF subscriber, you will be able to draft up to five rounds. You degenerates. We're handing it to you. We're giving it to you. It's like that meme. It's like that meme of the guy and the girl in bed and they're sleeping facing the opposite ways. Yeah. And she's like, he's thinking about other girls and his, his cloud bubble is can't wait till the mock simulator can draft for seven rounds. That's what I really think of right away with that. <laughs> We're trying to get there. We're trying. I'm trying to get there. I'm trying to watch as many players as possible. It's sickening. You're, we you're at a, a great of, pace. We got to be proud we, of yourself. We, we got to rank a lot of guys to unlock seven rounds, but we will get there before the season is over. Yeah, uh, I believe in this. But yeah, let us know what you guys have thought over college football, what you've seen, some of these prospects, whether it's players that we have mentioned or players that we haven't mentioned here on the show. We'd love to hear from you. YouTube.com backslash at NFL Stock Exchange, the best way for you to be able to do that. If you are not on YouTube or listening to this audio only at Tampa Bay Trey and at Connor J Rogers is where you can hit us up on X and Instagram. Connor, you got anything else before we get out of here? I think that sums it up pretty well. Um, I'm trying to think what 
Well, next week is where we plan the shows on the show, which we mm -hmm. are absolutely phenomenal at. I feel like we'll keep what matters most going. Yeah, I think so. I think we'll do it. I, I think we'll do that again. And then Wednesday, I mean, leave in the comments what you want. If you want a, a notes episode where we hold up topics, if you want a stock watch, if you want. You know, uh, we could do, you know, what we could do we could do there's as as more people have been using the mock draft simulator, there's more data on which players have been selected the most for each team. So I think that there, whether we do it on Wednesday trends. or some other time, yeah, we could have like this I'm update of of like fan base trends, like who these fan bases are drafting yeah. for these certain players. For these, certain I'm teams. totally down with that. I think it's a great time to do it, and then it's something we could look back on a couple months later and see how things change. All right. So. Well, if you guys like that idea, let us know. Uh, we could also do the no notes thing. I think we'll bring that back no matter what. So whether it's next week or or whenever we do it, but. Uh, Y'all are in control of the show as much as us. So let us know what you want to see on Wednesday. We'll probably have What Matters Most coming up on Monday. Got that to look forward to. I'm Trevor Sikama. That is Connor Rogers. Thank you guys for so much for watching and listening to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. See you on Monday.